Assalamualaikum everyone. What is up? I hope that y'all are great. I hope that y'all are well, um, like always. So today's episode is something that I is it's a kind of like a question, and it's a question that I've been asking myself for the past week almost, like really seriously. Like I really winded down and started asking myself this question, and I feel like this is a question that we ask ourselves a lot in life, but we don't necessarily give a correct answer to. And this question is going to be, who do you want to be in life? And I feel like growing up, you know, being in high school and when you're about to go to college, everyone asks you, what do you want to become? What do you want to work as? Where do you want to work? Like, what job do you want? But nobody asks you, who do you want to be five years from now? And sometimes I feel like the who is the most important part of what you want to be. When I originally asked myself this question, automatically my answer was, oh, I want to go to school to become a, you know, so-and-so. I'm going to school to study, you know, this major. And I was kind of like, wait, that's my major. That's my school. But what about me? Like, what do I want to be? Who do I want to be? Like, as a person. And I was like, oh, you know, like, this job, this is the job that I want. And I'm like, no, 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 not not job. Like, who do I want to be? And that's when I really started thinking. And I was like, a lot of us are living our life to fit in a role that already exists. We're living our life to fit in a role of becoming a PA, becoming a doctor, becoming a lawyer, becoming a businessman, becoming somebody's mother, somebody's daughter, somebody's sister. And you are living in these roles. And Either you are right now or either you're projecting and working towards, you know, maybe working towards these goals, like becoming a PA, becoming a mom, maybe, you know, being someone's wife, whatever, like you're working towards these goals in your life. And these are roles that you're going to play one day in life. But these aren't roles that are going to be with you forever because, you know, maybe right now you're 15. You're not going to be a mom anytime soon. So you have to be playing more roles than just being a mom. And maybe you are already a mom and you are already someone's sister and you are already someone's wife. Then what role do you want to play? And I feel like this question, we really give a really time-bound answer. I want to be someone's family, someone's this, someone's that. But like, what about your innate feeling? Like your soul, you as an individual, what does that want? And when I started thinking about this, I was just like, do I even know myself? What am I like? What am I on? Like, I just started thinking, I was like, Oh my God, I'm thinking too much. Change the topic. But then I feel like I got the answer that I really, really was looking for. Mind you, I'm literally sitting in the grocery store parking lot and I'm just watching people like fill up their gas and people, you know, walking around. Some have like their carts out and they're setting up their cars. And then some look like they're getting rushed back to work. Some are look like they don't have any care in the world. Some have so many kids and some are just lonely. And like every single person has like their own role that they're playing or their own story. And as cliche as it sounds like it was just I just it just sat with me. And I was just like, wow, everyone's doing their own thing. So coming back to the original topic of how I got this answer, I questioned it are always asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I think the real question should be, who do you want to be? Because there's a lot of temporary time-bound roles that you can play, such as a wife, a mother, a sister, a daughter. But out of all the roles that you could be, and you will be, I think the biggest role that I want for myself is to become someone that loves me. Because when you become someone that loves yourself unconditionally, you realize that regardless of the emotion you face day to day, the best role you can take up is the role of loving yourself. Because this role will heal every single doubt that you have in your heart when you question your ability to play in other roles. So when you question your ability of whether I will be a good mother or not, whether I will be a good daughter, whether I'll be someone's good sister or whatever, your ability, ability, the role of becoming someone that loves you, clarifies and it heals and it fixes everything else. And honestly, loving yourself is a role that is very, very hard. And it's probably one of the hardest ones that you will play in this dunya besides your purpose of, you know, being a Muslim. And that's, you know, that's a whole other topic. So when it comes to being you and loving yourself, the reason why this role becomes hard is because we are our own very, very big 
enemy and we are very vicious to ourselves and one question that i always like to ask myself when i treat myself a certain way is would i treat my best friend like this you know if your best friend messed up and maybe she made a mistake or maybe she messed up maybe she failed the test maybe she messed up in some way shape or form in her life maybe she messed up at work whatever like she messed up she comes to you and she tells you hey i messed up this is what happened what would you say you wouldn't say oh my god i hate you you know what you should have done better you know better you've been working hard like this is what you did like you wouldn't say that you'd be like it's okay you can try again it happens we're human but when it comes to you when it comes to yourself you say that you say i hate you why did i do like this why did i become like this i hate myself i can't look at myself i'm insecure da, da, da. like you say all these things but why because aren't you someone too and aren't isn't your soul like your own best friend too someone that understands you don't you feel like you deserve more to yourself than to categorize yourself with such viciousness every time you mess up for simply being you and that is why this role is so hard because you never know if you're actually being good to yourself if you're just being too vicious if you're just being too productive or if you're just being too lazy like you're never going to be able to identify yourself correctly and I was watching this video and I was, you know, listening to it. And one of the things they talked about is when you're very, very young, when you're a baby, when you're two, three years old, you're actually in a state of a lot of self-love. And it's unintentional. It's not something you mean to do. It's not something you even know you're doing. But it's something that we do as kids. We're born in a manner that when someone tries to play with our toys, we take them back we get angry. If we want something, we'll buy it. We won't think 10,000 times before doing it. If we want to eat something, we're not going to sit there and count the calories for it. We're just going to eat it. If we want to talk to a random stranger on the street, we'll talk to them. We want to hug a random person, we'll hug them. Like That's how we are as kids. And the reason why is because we're so naive and we don't know any better. But we are just so okay with who we are as we are that we don't compare ourselves to other people. And we just love as we are. We love our life. And we're like, okay, this is great. Now, of course, there comes conditions that sometimes, you know, you've seen traumatic things growing up or you've been in situations that were very, very uncomfortable growing up. But when you are at your peak ignorance, you know, ignorance is bliss type of state of your childhood, it's beautiful. You love yourself. You love what you are. You love what you have. You're grateful for what you have. You know, you want toys. You're going to work towards to get them. You want to eat something. You're going to wait all week to eat it. And if you want to reward yourself on a Monday, you're going to reward yourself on a Monday. If you want to sit here and eat a whole cake, you're going to eat a whole cake. You're not going to count the calories. And then as you slowly grow up, the reason why we fall out of love for ourselves is because we compare ourselves to the standards and we compare ourselves to other people and we compare ourselves to what's going on. And just the exposure of seeing the world around us and the way that other people are, it completely ruins your whole journey of self-love. Because now, now that you've entered third grade, you know, maybe you've seen people around you that are of different weight or are of different skin color and you see that maybe they're getting treated differently maybe they're getting treated good maybe they're getting treated bad and it makes you think like oh i don't want to get treated like that they're getting treated bad or oh my god this person getting treated so good i want to get treated like that i want people to you know care about me this much so automatically you start to compare yourself unintentionally to someone's physical and the way that they are treated and then you start to think i want to become like that i want that type of affection and attention and love and whatnot and so you start to compare yourself and you start to become like them and if you see a girl and she dresses up every single day and she wears really really pretty bows then that's what you want to do funny little story when I was little and I think I was just in my elementary school days especially like first second and third grade I had this girl in my class and she's pretty and she used to wear like these bows and whatnot every day and I'm not talking like normal bows like I'm talking like this girl used to wear like diamond stud bows and like they were beautiful and they were pretty and she always had her hair done and she used to do like little um, hair chalks y'all remember that back in the day like when hair chalks was a thing she used to have like hair chalk hair dyes you know she had pretty straight hair she used to like put a bow in her hair all the time and she used to always have her nails done. Like, she was cute. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, and even the teachers, they favoritismed her. Like, dead for real, bro. Let's not act like it doesn't exist. They favoritismed her so much. They were always so kind to her. They were always very, very affectionate and loving. And they were very respectful to her parents. They treated her a lot differently. And now, even when I'm older and I think about it, I'm like, yeah, 
that that probably was not the most professional thing to do for them but they really did treat her differently and they cared about her and like if she ever cried like the whole administration would care like she was hyped bro like she was sweet but like everyone cared about her and I used to sit at the same table as her and I was like, oh, I want to become like that. I want people to care about me. I want people to like know what I am. Like, what? what? And I was I was just so gaslighted. I was like, oh, my God, let me go get myself some bows. It's time to go. And I did. And I got myself bows and I got myself to, you know, start doing my nails. Mind you, like when I was like in elementary school, you know, before like, you know, praying actually becomes like an obligation on you. I used to do my nails so much and I did I was really good at doing nails. I don't know what happened as I grew old and you know when prayer becomes obligated on you then you know you just stop painting your nails but when I was little I used to do such good nail art that I don't even know if I can do that now. Like I used to draw little teddy bears and like cherry blossom trees and whatnot on my nails. Like I went all out. I had like a whole kit of like different um stencils and whatnot. Like I went all out and I used to think and I was like dang like i'm gonna get treated good now and i had teachers used to ask me like where'd you get your nails done from like genuinely and i was like oh my bedroom like i really thought i ate you know what i mean like i was a little and i wanted that same type of attention and eventually at one point yeah i did get that attention but then it then it was a need of more then it was a need of more and then you know when you know wearing the hijab and you know prayer and whatnot becomes obligated on you then by then you know maybe like you're in middle school so you know now you're wearing the hijab and you know all these things are different about you and a lot of self-love in muslim women starts to fall short when they compare themselves to girls that have their hair out and they got their hair curls they their hair different colors every single day of the week and they have pretty hair and you just start to compare yourself to them and you're like wow my hair is pretty too but no one can see it it's up in this no one can see it and you see these people literally getting treated better and i have a whole episode where i talk about this like pretty privilege you know you show your hair you, you show your hair you dress nice people are going to treat you pretty because of it people are going to treat you a lot more better because of it and you see these girls with long hair they got their hair out they're living their best life you know they're dressing the way that they want even if that's showing skin and then you're like a muslim woman just standing there and you're kind of just like um yeah no i'm not doing any of that and you realize that you're not showing your hair you're not dressing the same and slowly but surely you start to compare yourself to them as well and you start to think well maybe if i just take off my hijab i won't change the way that i dress i'll just take it off things will be different and so what do you do you take it off you take off your hijab you're like i'm still gonna dress modest i'm still gonna dress modest i'm still not gonna talk to guys but i just i just really need to take it off so you take it off and then everyone is obsessed with you. You look so pretty. You have such nice hair. Oh my God, whatever, whatever. I've seen cases in my own middle school where girls, they were, you know, cool, chill. I was friends with them. They were hijabis. And then they took off their hijab and they went, phew, their popularity rank just skyrocketed. Like they were friends with, I'm talking about the popularest of people. Even teachers started teaching them differently the second they took their hijab off. And she's very pretty, mashallah, but she changed. Like I've seen so many girls take off their hijab and just change. And then... Slowly but surely, you know, like she used to wear long dresses and she used to be modest. She used to wear baggy coats. It slowly but surely became crop tops and tight jeans and showing skin and whatever. And then then you become someone you don't even know. And you know what? If you're not Muslim, you're not necessarily going to understand why these changes are a bad thing. Because when you are born Muslim, you're taught that you have to, you know, dress a certain way, act a certain way, whatever. And sometimes your parents teach you why you do it. And then sometimes they don't. And if they don't teach you why exactly you do what you do, it causes a lot of problems. Because as you grow old, you start to grow a little bit of like an identity crisis. And you start to wonder if what I'm doing is even for me or if what I'm doing is for my parents. And of course, that's where that discussion comes in of you have to figure out why you're doing what you're doing why do you believe in the religion you believe in and of course that is a journey I had to take that's a journey everyone has to take you have to know why and after I got my why I promise you like becoming religious and doing more things for the sake of Allah becomes so much more easier it becomes a game in the bag bro because like you put on the hijab, you automatically know, like, okay, there's going to be girls around me. They don't look like me. They don't act like me. They're not going to like me. But it doesn't matter because I'm not living for them. And that's the end all be all. You're not living for people. You're living for God. And the day you realize that you are living for God, to God, forever, whatever you do is for him, you're not going to give a crap about what people have to say about you. 
So I'm really honest on here and like a funny little story. People think that if you post like Islamic reminders and you have a podcast and stuff like that, that you don't get sad. Just this yesterday, I believe, just this Thursday, I've been going through such a hard time for the past like week and a half or maybe two weeks and just really this month emotionally. But everything else is great, alhamdulillah. And it's been hard on me. So I was very brutally honest on Thursday and I decided that I'm not going to, you know, be active on any social medias for a little bit because I need that break. And it's a very, very hard decision to make, especially when, you know, you have people that text you you have people that you want to talk to and i love to help people alhamdulillah but you know your body has a right over you and when you start to get so emotionally exhausted and unavailable that you just feel like you're in a drought then yeah you do need to take that time out because at the end of the day you need to renew your intention and ask yourself why are you doing what you're doing and this is something that i'm currently going through right now so i've decided to take the next couple days off and i'm just recording a podcast i'm not really talking to anyone and honestly this is the best decision for me so i'm honest about that because i feel like a lot of people think that isolating yourself is a bad thing and sometimes you do need to isolate yourself in order to survive just because you have iman just because you have faith just because you have spirituality in you that doesn't mean that people are not going to hate you i have people that are like so young and people that are a lot older that just hate me i have people that are from very very different areas of their life that just hate me and i have nothing against them i have nothing for them i genuinely sit there and i make dua that god guides them because the thing is people they're going to find something about you regardless and this is something that i really had to learn over the years when it first started when I was young and I was in high school and freshman and you know middle school like I was like why are people hating me why are people hating me why are people saying things about me and then you know it was like one reason after the other then I was clearing up my image and now I'm a senior in high school and I have people that still talk crap about me I still have people that say stuff about me but I just don't give a crap because what what does your saying about me have to do with me you can make whatever perception you want if that feeds your ego that makes you sleep better at night go ahead but at the end of the day i choose to live for god so if you feel like something that i do you dislike something i do okay good good for you but it's not gonna make me want to change myself because if i was to sit here and constantly change myself every single time someone didn't like anything about me i by far probably would not even be muslim people hate muslim majority of the time so i'm not gonna give up my faith just because you dislike that these are my decisions and this is a form of self-love making the decisions that are the best for you self-love is a lot more deeper than wearing face masks than working out it's a lot more deeper it's about making the right decision for yourself because you don't want to lose yourself trying to love and convince other people you have to care for yourself first you have to put yourself first and a lot of the years in my life and even now like yesterday i was sitting there i was like what exactly is self-love because this is a very very difficult question to answer because no one can ever actually tell you What is self-love and how do you obtain it? The journey of self-love is very, very different for every single person. Every person. You know, there's certain people that they start exercising, taking care of their body, and they start journaling a little bit more, they feel better. And then there's some people that start praying five times a day, and then they start feeling better. And then there's people that do all of that, and they still don't feel like they love themselves. So loving yourself is never a one-set journey. And it's something that you're going to have to walk on. And it's one of those journeys that I avoided a lot in my life because I just didn't want to do it. I just didn't want to come to terms with what will work for me. So I would like go on YouTube or Instagram and whatnot. There's nothing wrong with, you know, seeing how other people do their self-love and self-care, but... You also have to figure out what works for you. And what I learned that works for me best is my type of self-love is making the right decision. Making the decision to not put someone over me. Making the decision to realize that it's not my job to fix everyone. Making the decision to realize that you have to lose someone to love yourself. And even if you love someone so much, you care about something so much, or you want something so much that you're willing to change the whole world for it, just to make it work is it worth it that's the question i had a lot of scenarios in my life where i was like i'll change the whole world just to make it work like i was so determined on it i wanted it in my life i wanted it to be the way that it was and then it just never worked because sometimes we're fighting a war that is only fought by one person maybe you're fighting for a person maybe you're fighting for a situation to work out but sometimes this war is just one-handed okay and you're fighting against the whole world to make things work out in your favor And the thing that you're fighting for doesn't even care. 
And that's when the question comes down to, are your priorities lined up or are you fighting for something you're just emotionally attached to? It's okay to be emotionally attached to something, but that doesn't mean everything that you're attached to is actually good. There's a lot of things that we end up getting attached to that are very, very bad, that aren't good for our health, that make us emotionally drained, and that doesn't mean you continue to feed into those things. So truly, in my opinion, the best form of self-love is realizing that the decisions that you make have a very, very big impact on you. Stop being more sacrificial than you can ever actually maintain. There's nothing wrong with helping people. There's nothing wrong with being there for people. But if you are trying to help someone and change their entire identity, and that means you have to lose yourself in the process, it's not worth it. It's not because you worked so hard to get here and it's not your job to build someone else up. I'm telling you, there's going to be people in your life that are like, oh, I need your help to become a better me, whatever, whatever. Becoming a better you always goes with you. Allah will never, ever make your journey of becoming a better person contingent and determined on one individual. It's going to be on yourself. It's going to be something that you're going to have to go through on yourself. You will meet people that will help you, that will guide you, that will navigate you. But the ultimate decision comes down to you. You come alone, you die alone. It's a whole you journey. So don't sit here waiting for someone to come in and rescue you it's not going to happen moreover another mistake we all make is we're looking for someone and what you need to do is get up look at yourself in the mirror and just tell yourself like i am who i have been looking for there's nobody in this world that you're looking for i don't care if you're looking for a soulmate you're looking for someone else you're looking for that perfect person you are that perfect person you are what you are looking for this is you as you are As you are right now, as you continue to live, this is you. So stop thinking that I'm looking for a perfect person and once I find this perfect person, I'll be happy. Once I find this perfect person, things will be okay and I will be able to deal with myself better. No, you are the perfect person. You are who you have been looking for. And the biggest piece of advice that I can offer you that honestly changed my life and it is something that I struggle with and I'm very open about that, but it's this piece of advice that I saw from a video and I heard this quite a lot and I talk about this a lot but this really helps everything treat yourself like someone you love and this sentence alone will change your life treat yourself like someone you love because when you love someone or you love something you're kind to them you're understanding to them you're patient with them you're supportive you're just a lot more kinder And if you start to feed that to yourself, you will be making insane growth. You will be becoming someone insanely brand new in a positive way. But the question comes down to how do you treat the people you love? Do you treat them with aggression and anger and harshness and strictness and, you know, with accusations and just are you overall mean to them? And if that's the case, then you need to look at what you're putting out because what you put out is what you get back. I think it was two days ago. I was just so heartbroken. I was just so upset. I was not in the right state. I go on TikTok and I was watching these videos and there was this beautiful, beautiful video. And it was like the whole thing about life is that it's a cycle. So whatever you give, you get. And if this wasn't the case, we'd say life is unfair. So whatever, you know, someone hurt you, they'll get hurt themselves eventually. You're hurt right now. You'll heal eventually. Like it's a cycle. And the best way to view pain is to think that pain is just stopping by. It's just on the ride to the bus. It's just stopping by. It's not here to stay. It's not here to live. It's not your guest forever. Pain is not your guest forever. It is just here to stay for maybe a couple days, maybe a couple weeks. And when you want, you can try your hardest to kick it out. It might try to come back in. It might try to come from different areas of your life. But you have the chance to kick it out every single day. And so you should. Don't let an uninvited guest stay. Essentially, that's the the moral compass here. That's the concept that we're kind of working towards. It's an uninvited guest. Don't let it stay. People make you sad. People make you hurt. People make you upset. They did you wrong. Okay, they did. They did what they did. And that's it. We just cannot sit here and compensate our feelings and be hurt and be sad and be in pain and be you know, drained and emotionally unavailable for every single person because if that was the case, we would be living for other people. And it's time that you just stop living for other people because the more you live for other people, the more you feel like you've never actually lived a day in your life because you're not living it for you, you're living it for others. And the day you continue and continue and continue and continue to 
put this in your brain, you will feel a lot more sense of freedom because a lot of us have trapped ourselves into a mental prison, a mental jail, where we feel like we have expectations and circumstances that we have to live up to and according to other people to make other people happy because making other people happy makes us happy. And that's not how it works. You need to make yourself happy. And if you are happy, you project good, you give good, what you give, you get. And I live by that. I have people that hurt me so much and I just don't care and I don't say anything back. And the thing is, when I do this, people automatically think, oh, you're being a doormat. You're letting people walk over you. No. The thing is, if I don't say anything, I know my God will say something. I know Allah is going to say something. I don't have to worry when God is going to do something. And that's what exactly, like, you know, where the concept of tawakkal comes in and trust comes in. Because when you let God deal with it, God always does way better than you ever can. I know that there are some people that I want, you know, I have upset feelings towards but that doesn't mean i should wish bad upon them i always try my best to make good dua for them and hope that they succeed in life and hope that they are guided because can i be honest with you a lot of people that sit here on social media and they post how they're happy they post how they're unbothered they post how you have what you want they're talking all this crap they're talking about i'm living this best lifestyle you know i have the job you want i have the lifestyle you want i'm living in the place you want like they just always are talking about how they have something you don't have or they're always talking about how they're so happy they're unbothered whatever 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 those people inside are the saddest people because when you are truly unbothered you truly don't give a crap and you're truly happy you don't feel the need to tell everyone and their dogs that you don't feel the need to go on social media and post about that you don't feel the need to validate your own emotions by telling other people you have what they don't have because if you were truly happy you would never find a reason to do that you'd be content and you'd be making good supplication and good wishes for other people instead you're putting out these fake what's it called toxic positivity you're putting toxic positivity out there i have what i have i'm so happy i'm so blessed i'm so this i'm so that you know like i like to see you suffer and they're doing it on a really um positive toxic way to, to make it seem like their intentions are something different than what they actually are and i see this happen all the time and especially like freshman year you know like when you enter high school you think you're big and bad like you think that you run this thing and you think that i'm gonna post this this and that and like you know what now bro you're like 14 15 simmer down simmer down we all done it we all think that we're big and bad posting quotes posting like you know i'm so unbothered you are bothered baby you are bothered you are very bothered because if you weren't bothered you wouldn't be sitting here telling people you're not bothered when i truly became unbothered in my life i stopped giving a crap about posting i stopped giving a crap about doing anything because i was genuinely unbothered because i don't have anything i need to prove to anyone and when you're really unbothered and you don't prove that to people it shows itself and coming back to what i originally said let yourself be unbothered by these worldly problems and let god deal with it let god deal with the people that hate you let god deal with the people that want revenge from you the people that want to hurt you the people that want to have enmity with you the people that want to walk all over you the people that want to steal your position the second you walk away let God deal with them because when God deals with them it always comes out 10 times better I've had moments in my life and I talk about this all the time where I was like oh my god like I need to say something I need to say something oh my god like how can I let disrespect like this slide and sometimes in my life I look back and I'm like shoot how do I ever let disrespect like that ever slide and yeah there's certain cases where you do need to stand up for yourself but when someone's just doing normal little bickering about you they're just talking their little crap about you you know cussing you out whatever let them talk let them talk let them air it out some people just need a place to vent and they just need you to be that target of venting baby you just move aside let them do what they need to do let them little project their little selves out because this ain't none of our business it ain't you know what like i just don't care you talk you can talk you can talk do whatever you want let them let it out a lot of times when i have people that are venting and they're screaming they're angry at me i just stay silent i'm like okay let it out because you know what sometimes people have a very tight and suffocated perception they have a lot of suffocated things going on inside of them they want to release it okay go ahead and release it now of course if they start disrespecting you every single day talking back to you being really rude to you every single day then of course you do have to stand up for yourself you know you'll also have to cut those people out of your life if you can but at one point or another you just got to stop caring and i know i keep saying that but that's really the key of happiness you are who you've been looking for you don't have to care about what other people think stop molding yourself into other personalities and roles and characteristics become who you want to be and then the things that are meant to attract you at that moment will come.
It's honestly as easy as that. We just make it complicated and believe that our worth and our way of living and every single thing that we do has to be contingent on someone that we are or someone that we will be or someone that we look up to. And that's definitely not the case. Now, of course, there's things that you do in your life that are based off of these situations. They're based off of these roles and you have to make the wisest choice. Agreed. But when you're, especially in your teen years, and I know most of my audience is teens and your early, you know, 18s, 20s, whatever, like you need to figure out what you want to be in regards to your character. Who do you want to be? Not what job you want, not whatever you want. I honestly disagree with the fact that at the age of 17, 18, 16 even, really by 20, you need to know what you're doing for college. I disagree with this. They say that you need to know what you're doing so you can get them in college, get your credits done, get out, apply to a proper master's. Like it's just a straight track. And I feel like this is such a bad age to make such big decisions because first of all you haven't even entered college yet you don't even know what you're gonna like what you're not gonna like if you even will like college you don't even know if you're able to afford it all four year all four years and if you are maybe you just feel like it's a waste of money that's a lot of case for a lot of people that just feel like i spent all this money it's a waste of my money i don't even know if i like what i do and i feel like big decisions that are made at such young ages they I mean, alhamdulillah, sometimes they come out good, but then sometimes they just come out to stab you and it's just lifelong pain. It's just a circle cycling. So it becomes difficult. And that's why I feel like, you know, you should pick whatever you feel like you lean towards, you understand, you enjoy, you are good at. And a lot of times, sometimes you won't find anything. You know, it's just a matter of waving out your options, but you need to prioritize who do you want to be? Because when you learn to love yourself, to be happy, to be kind and to be patient with yourself, what happens is no matter where you go, no matter what you do, you will understand that you're trying your best in this situation and in this scenario. Now, let's say, for example, one track in my lifetime that I will never, ever do is pre-med. Never. I never see myself being a doctor, becoming a doctor, walking on that pre-med track, going to med school, resident. No, I just don't like it. It's not for me. I just feel like personally, I can't give up this many years of my life towards becoming a doctor and I get it some people they're very passionate about it they're willing to put in the eight ten plus years okay that's you that's not me and moreover the education is so severe it is so killing and it's it's painful it is so painful that I don't think that I want to lose myself doing that sometimes it's not about what you can or can't do because I know, and as human beings for everyone, if you put your mind onto something, you can do it regardless. I know you guys have heard this a lot growing up from teachers and just from your parents and whatnot. If you put your mind to it, you can 1000% do it. Write that down. Yeah, you can. Because when you put your mind on it, there's nothing that can stop you. You are literally setting up your brain to success. You're setting up your brain to succeed. So you can accomplish it if you want to. Question comes down to how bad do you want it? And honestly, that is something I just don't want bad enough. I just don't. And I know that sounds a little bit mean. And if you did choose that path, I respect you because it's a very difficult one. I'm so proud of you, but it's just not something I can do because it's not something that will make me happy. I know that long term within those eight to 10 years of education, I will either end up losing myself, becoming really depressed, becoming overburned and just feeling like I'm out of everything. And this is something that I feel like I can predict of myself at an earlier age. So I'm not going to force myself to go down that path because I know who I am will go on sacrifice when I'm walking down that path. Now, of course, schooling and education as a whole is very, very difficult because to become a good career, to make lots of money, it's not always easy. And of course, you're going to have days where you feel like you don't even know what you're doing everything for. You don't even know who you are. But at least you'll have a sense of sanity. And with this little doctorate track baby I feel like I'm not I don't feel like I'll even have a sense of sanity because it just seems so overwhelming and so depressing for me so this is not something that I'm going to do now I have a, my best friend literally mashallah I know lots of different people they love it they want to become a doctor they want to do these things I know people in my family that wanted that are doctors and they're doing amazing things mashallah mashallah Allah bless them but Okay, good for you. And I respect that. And that's your career choice. But that's not something that I can see myself doing. And you know, whenever I'm with family and they're like, okay, so what do you want to be? You want to be a doctor? I'm like, no, I don't even lie about it. I don't even beat around the bush. I'm like, no, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because it's the just the 
concept of it it's depressing for me it's not something i want to do and i feel like i want to live my life and i am not saying that doctors or people that walk on the pre-med track don't live their life there's people that do amazing balances between both they're living their best life they're getting their education getting that money mashallah i'm proud of you but that is just not something for me so if you are on that track i'm not criticizing you i'm very proud of you i'm very happy for you because this is not an easy track it takes courage to walk on it and if you are walking on it May Allah bless you and may Allah help you reach your goals and reach your successes because you deserve it. But this isn't for me. And I can tell you that at a young age, it's not for me. So when you know things aren't for you, you know a certain path is not for you, don't force yourself to walk on it because now you're sacrificing who you are and what you potentially can be because you're burying yourself in a role that you think might be good, even if that means giving up who you actually are as a person. And your morals have to be more bigger than the money that you'll earn or the track that you'll walk on or the degree that you'll earn. I feel like the word of self-love always reminds me of faith because I just don't understand how you can potentially find yourself without finding God or thinking about God. And I know a lot of atheists and just a lot of people that consider religion to be an indoctrination or think that, you know, religion is just a manipulation tool that is done economically and, you know, from a society perspective. But I just feel like when it comes down to Islam, that's just not the case. Because if you were to actually comply what Islam says economically, the economy would collapse. And the reason why I'm saying this is because we're in such bad habits. Islam tells you don't drink, don't do alcohol, don't drink tequila, don't do, just don't drink, don't do alcohol, don't eat pork, don't eat pig. Like there's so many things that if we stop doing them, like a millions of people, society as a whole, we stop doing those things. Imagine the economic crash that would kind of bring. That would. You can't tell me that if every single person in the world would apply to Islam, apply to the deen, and stop buying alcohol, cigarettes, drugs, pork, pig, what, no, it wouldn't go down. It would. So definitely, economically, if you actually imply Islam, especially if you live in the U.S., it's, it's not something that they can use to control you. It's not. So economically, Islam is definitely not a tool that they can use that will benefit them when it comes to you know, increasing economically and producing more and, you know, becoming more successful and whatnot because the sales, the demand, and what you seek in an economy also has a lot to do with what goes on socially. And those laws, those morals don't apply to what Islam teaches us. So automatically, it's not it's not a tool that you can use to manipulate people. So anyway, coming back to what I was saying earlier, whenever I'm sitting there and I'm watching videos on YouTube about like self-love by like some, you know, motivational speaker, I'm just kind of like, "Mm mm-hmm, yeah, okay, that's good. They got some valid points. But then when they start talking about like religion and faith, like I see some Muslim scholar talking about it, it changes your life. Because when you actually learn what faith can do for self-love, it makes you change in an amazing way. And I wanted to talk about that here. So inshallah, that'll help also. I wanted to put something in your perspective and I saw a video on this and it just mind blew me like what even there are people that are disbelievers they don't believe in God or maybe they're Christians or whatever you know just they're not Muslim they're waking up at 4 or 5 in the morning to get up make a protein shake go to the gym go do some yoga whatever they do go on a run and they're doing this just for their body. They're doing this just because they like it. There's no other reason behind it. Think about it. Okay, they're doing this every day at 4 or 5 in the morning. They're also, you know, becoming a lot more productive. And they're doing their 9 to 5. Or they're working. They're having their business, whatever. After that, you know, they're going out. Again, some people, they're exercising like twice a day. They're doing all these crazy things. You know, going on walks, journeys, hikes, whatever. They're traveling to find themselves and it just puts it into perspective that all these people, what they're doing, ain't even going to benefit them after they die. And I know that this sounds very harsh and it sounds very mean. And if you are someone that's not Muslim and you're listening to this, don't get offended. I'm not trying to insult you. But speaking from a religious point of view, you know, we should be waking up at 4 or 5 in the morning to be praying Fajr and we don't. A lot of us don't and we're sleepy, we're tired, we're laying in bed. But then when the motivation comes into, oh my god, I want to go to gym, I want to get them gains, you know, with the homies and whatnot, then then next thing you know, you're the first one awake. And it's just, it puts into perspective that a lot of times the discussion comes down to priority. So when you learn to make religion a priority, you'll notice that your life 
it seems like God put a little bookmark on it. Because whatever you do, whatever you want, whatever is good for you, it'll always end up near you. It's a blessing. And I, I don't want to sound insulting, but like none of what they do is going to benefit them in the hereafter. Like what, right when they're in their graves, their 4 a.m. walking, running, and you know, health, fitness journeys and whatnot. It's not going to benefit them. Because at the end of the day, it's about faith, right? It's about Iman. You're going to be asked to through questions on the grave and whatnot. And, you know, maybe that's the way that they chose to live their life. Okay, cool, whatever. But I bet you guys have seen that all over TikTok and all over social media. People talking about how they wake up at 3 a.m. sometimes and they start working on their business and whatnot. And, like, you got to put it into perspective that at the end of the day, you're doing this, yeah, because it makes you happy. Because you, you know, feel like you're understanding who you're becoming. You feel a lot more happier doing it. But, like, what's going to happen spiritually after? Because it can't be just this. It can't just be waking up at 3 in the morning to work on your business, working at 4 or 5, heading to the gym. It can't just be working all day on your business and then this for the rest of your lifetime. Then you have a family and then again, like, there has to be more. Because when religion's not in the concept, my question comes down to what's stopping you from being a bad person? Like, who cares? Who cares if you're a mass murderer, if you're a criminal, and you don't ever get caught, and you know, you're out here selling drugs, you're doing whatever you want, who cares? If religion's not in the perspective, who cares what other people think? Who cares how other people run their thing? You're going to live the way that you want to live. But when you apply religion, and then you have a moral compass, and then you're like, hold on, I can't do this. This is wrong for me religiously. I don't want to hurt other people. My religion doesn't allow me that or something like that. Then it puts a lot of different things in perspective because you're forced to become a better person and you're forced to change who you are. And that's actually an amazing thing if you do it correctly. The discussion of religion with the concept of self-love is something that I avoided for years because every time someone brought it up, I was like, oh, here we go again. You know, pack this up. I'm leaving. And growing up, I share a little bit about this on my Instagram. You know, whenever anyone used to talk about religion or, you know, my parents used to talk about it, family, or just like those classes growing up, like, oh my god, I was the first one to fall asleep. Like, I would be literally in the bed, and like, if the conversation of religion comes up, I'm catching Z's, bro. I was straight sleeping. And for a lot of years in my life, I just felt like God is something out there, but that something just doesn't care about me enough, because that something has never came to ask me how I am or what I'm doing and that something has put me in very very scary circumstances and very harsh conditions that I can't bear so I just don't see why I should care about this concept right and now alhamdulillah may Allah forgive me but now that I'm older and I came back I 1000% disagree with everything that I used to think and now of course I love the discussion of religion and I can confirm to you that Allah will never ever put you in circumstances that you can't bear and he'll never make you go through things that aren't good for you if you are going through something and you realize that it has brought you closer to god then you are being blessed and if you are going through something and you realize you don't even care about god anymore then you're truly going through a punishment and i've talked to a lot of people in my life and one person that i spoke to specifically once said this thing to me and they said i feel like i have an enmity with god because i just don't get along with him there was something among those lines and i was like well why and it's just like, you know, things didn't work out my way and whatnot. And I was like, well, don't you think that after all this time, you know, you should maybe give it a try? And it made me think that God doesn't answer one thing that we want maybe five years ago. And we won't talk to him for maybe five, six years continuously. Yet if someone does you wrong, if one of your loved ones do you wrong, if one of your friends do you wrong, how long are you going to be mad at them? Maybe really two, three days, maybe a month if you are a grudge holder, but eventually you forgive them. And it makes me wonder, why do we forgive people that will always mess up, but we don't forgive a God that will never mess up and never made a mistake and he never did anything wrong? So why are we punishing ourselves thinking that we're punishing God by not having a relationship with God? And this was a cycle that I also had to get out of. And I was like, well, God's not getting anything out of this, right? So if I'm not talking to God and I'm mad at God and I don't like religion and whatever, 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 it's only going to make me take an L on my end, not God's end, because God doesn't need me. And one thing that I really came across in the journey of self-love was the one thing that I always wanted in my life was to be special. 
in the most respectful way. That's it. Like, just to be special. And I know that sounds such a childish statement, but to be special, to be a priority, to be important. And I know that some people may not necessarily understand what I'm saying by this, but like, you know, there's people in the world that are millionaires, that are famous. There's people in the world that are celebrities. There's people in the world that are known for something and they're special for that. And everyone else respects them for that. And even if they're not famous, there's people in my everyday circle that are well known and just they are special for something. They have something with them that makes them special. And I was like, what is the thing that makes me special? It's definitely not anything in school. Like, if I can, alhamdulillah, you know, like, I'm good, but I don't care. Like, I'm not one of those kids that enjoy school. Like, I'm not going to wake up in the morning and be like, oh my god, I'm so excited. I really enjoy math. I really enjoy English. I know I'm not really like that. You know, I've never had, like, certain topics that I was still at. Again, like, I can do it, but... You know, if I want a good grade, like I said earlier, if you want to get a good grade in something, you can get it regardless once you put your mind to it. But you know that one thing that makes you special that you also enjoy? I just never found that thing. And I was just like, what is it? Because I just want to be special. And when the discussion of being loved by God always came in, I was like, I know, but like God loves like all the other bajillion people. It doesn't, you know, I want to be, I want to be solo loved. <laughs> May God forgive me. But I know that there's some people that think like that. You just want to feel special. And what I learned is sometimes you feel like you're craving and asking for a lot in life, but you really aren't. What you just need to do is forgive yourself for ever pushing yourself away from God. And when you get back closer to God and when you start forming a relationship again with God and when you forgive yourself for letting yourself get to this extreme, you'll notice that you will always just feel special because the way that God treats you is just different. It just feels different. This is coming back to that thing that I said that when you prioritize God and put God in the center of everything that matters in your life, things are just so much more better because God gives you this feeling in your heart of content that you can't find anywhere else ever, ever. You may not get everything that you want. You may not get all your thoughts answered. But there is this feeling that comes in that at the end of the night, you're not sitting here thinking, what's tomorrow? Will I be alive tomorrow? Why am I alive? It's, I know I'm doing this. Things might not be going to plan, but I know God has something better for me. A lot of times we think that this special feeling can come from a person. We think that if we get married, and this is the teens especially. I don't know why y'all be doing this, but I'm just messing with y'all. But like, you get married, you know, that special feeling's gonna come. You know, the thing is... There's a lot of people in life that can make you feel special when you're with them. And the second you're away from them, you don't feel safe. So the question comes down to the person that you are upset over in life or the person that you are sad over, the person that you have let yourself loose over. How safe do you feel in their love when they're not around? And this is scary because especially in today's generation, we got a bajillion trust issues and we can't trust each other we just can't and i feel like this is a question that i started asking myself all the time and i always ask myself i'm like okay i love this girl but how safe do i feel when i'm not there because you know growing up we always have friends and we love our friends and this law can also apply to friends by the way but the question comes down to what do your friends do when you're not around and I always ask myself that, and I have certain friends that even if I don't go to, like, school or, you know, they're, like, I don't see them or they're just, they live in other states, I know that if my name ever came up, they would defend me because I can tell by their character. But then there's some people that when I try to understand how they would react about me, the vision's a little bit unclear. I'm a little bit like, uh, I don't know how loyal this person would be, you know, whatever, whatever. So I, I keep myself distance from that person because us as girls, especially me, I talk a lot, okay? I, I think that's obvious. I have a podcast. I talk a lot, right? I can always talk to a girl about something and anything. Oh, sure, I can talk to a girl about something and anything and feel special and, have, and make her my bestie. But is she my bestie when I'm gone? Simple, like as simple terms as it gets. Is she good to you when you're gone? Because so many of us, we befriend people because they made us feel special when we're with them. But when you're not with them, there's no safety net of knowing 
their character is who they say that they are. And yes, in life, you'll never know 100% who, if everyone says who they are is actually real. Yeah, I know. But you also kind of get an idea based on someone's iman, someone's character, and things like that. You know, I have certain people in my life and certain friends that I always tell you guys about that after, you know, they came back just like a little while ago, a couple of days ago, I was like, wow, did they change? Like, are things different? Have they embraced Islam? Like, well, it was God giving me them as a sign to, like, tell me that I should, like, you know, help them and walk on this journey with them and, you know, whatnot. And then I would shut off my phone and then I would sit there and I was like, wow, I feel mad unsafe, bro. Like, you know, when you start to get back into contact with someone and you think that's it, like everything's going to fall down again. My iman is crashing. All the hard work I did on myself is crashing. Everyone's going to be talking about me again. I feel like I'm revisiting places of myself where I don't want to be. I feel like this person's toxic for me and they haven't even said anything yet. And it's just because of things that have happened in your past. And I started having all those feelings and I was so, so, so drained that I think I mentioned this already, like I took a break off of everything and then I was trying to sit there and I was like trying to sort it out and I was like, okay, am I being paranoid because of my past experiences or do I genuinely feel like this person hasn't changed? From what my eye was telling me, they hadn't changed. Of Now, of course, I'm not one to judge, right? So, of course, I pray for God to bless me with signs and I got those signs and I got a really, really big one today and like I said, you can ask God for anything. God will always give you guidance gave me guidance and i was like okay yeah pack it up time to go time to go and i and i don't i blocked like, like i said i kept them blocked and sometimes that's the best thing you do in life block the people that you know aren't benefiting you anymore it's simple as that block the people that make you hurt block the people that remind you of your past block the people that make you feel overwhelmed people always think that if you block them like they won and you know you're weak no i just don't want to deal with you it's simple as that. You're not required to deal with everyone in your life. If someone follows you, you don't want to follow them. Block them. <laughs> block them. I block people all the time. And people have the stigma around blocking that if you block, you're like a mean, you're a hater, you know, you're weak. I don't care. I'm not going to sit here and fight with you. That That's a simple part of it. You know, there's people, they're fighting with people from their past. Or, you know, I changed. Trust me, I know that I changed. I'm a different person now. I'm like fighting, you know, via text. Like, why are you fighting? I'm tired, bro. You know, like, I wake up every day. I gotta go to school. I got so many other things to do. And I bet some of y'all are doing the same. You know, it's such a busy routine. And as you grow old and you continue to, like, you know, get into this busy routine or start applying for colleges or apply for masters, there's just not enough hours in a day for me to worry about how people perceive me. Remember that. And put that in your brain. It's not your job to fix everyone. It's not your job to fix how everyone perceives you. And if you feel like someone comes back to your life and it makes you feel like drained, emotionally worried, unsafe, you feel like you're going to fall off the edge, cut them out. Cut them out. We didn't work so hard to come here to come to a good point to only backtrack and go back. And I always tell myself that, you know, what I also wanted to mention in here, and I think I already have, and if I didn't, I'm sorry, but... I was talking about this with one of my friends, and I was like, self-love is really making the right decisions. Reason being, when someone puts an like an opportunity in front of you, or puts a choice in front of you, and you know that this choice might risk your iman, it might risk your health, or this choice might boost it, or whatever it may be, whatever this choice may bring, you weigh out your pros and cons. A lot of times there's things that we love that cause us so much damage, and we still go for that choice because we love it. But that's not self-love. Self-love is not always doing what you want. Sometimes self-love is picking the right choice. And sometimes after you pick the right, right choice, you'll feel sad. And that's okay. Maturing is realizing that it's okay to feel sad even after you make a right decision. Not every decision that you make that's right will leave you happy. I've made lots of decision, decisions in my life where it was the right decision, it was a happy decision, it was a correct decision. Islamically as well, and I was very sad doing it because it didn't feel good to me in that moment because I wanted what I wanted. But then eventually, of course, those decisions paid off because today I'm someone that I like to be. I'm someone that I'm happy with. I'm content with me. But to become to this point, you sometimes need to sacrifice the things that you love. So if you are ever in a state where you know something is bad for you, but you're so in love with it, let go and let God seriously let go of it you know love i feel like growing up we always hear like love is everything love perseveres love wins love that yes love is important 
but honestly respect and mental health comes before it because look if you're in love with someone they're not respecting you it's not love okay it's just convenience whenever they want to be nice to you they're nice to you respect comes in regardless of however you feel with each other mental health you're so in love with someone but they're meant but just being in love with them is draining so your mental health gets at stake so again you're sacrificing yourself love where you need to sacrifice yourself to please someone else is not love it is a little game of sacrifice you're giving yourself up one day maybe they are the other day or maybe they don't ever give them any part of themselves up maybe you're the one who's always putting in effort doing all the work it's one-sided you're not going to carry all this on your own for the rest of your life are you that's tiring so sometimes the right decision is not always one that's going to make you happy and i've had to have decisions where i not only had to let go of the life that i used to live i had to let go of myself i had to let go of the things that i liked the things that i didn't like the things that i had my own opinions on and i was like okay hold on because this is not right islamically so what does islam say about this and i had to adopt different beliefs different mindset different lifestyle was i happy doing it in the moment, some sometimes, no, I wasn't. I was like, man, I don't want to do this. It's hot. You know, why do I got to wear this hijab? You know, there's like different moments like that. Like when you start off on your journey, you're like, oh, it's hot. I don't want to do this. You know, you're just in an angry mood. You're, you don't feel happy. But then at the end of the night, when you lay down, you're like, I'm, I'm okay with everything. I'm okay with whatever's going to come. I'm content with whatever's going to come. Because I know today I tried my hardest. And slowly but surely, adopting an Islamic lifestyle and adopting the righteous path and adopting all these things, they become easy. And one big mistake that I made on my end was I used to be very, very pressuring towards myself. And I used to be like, you need to get all this done in one day. And that's not the case. And I tell you guys this all the time. It's not a marathon. It's not a race. You're going to have to work on different parts of yourself every single day for the rest of your life. You're going to have to give up different habits, whether it's dressing immodestly, whether it's your friend group, whether it's drugs. You're going to have to give up these things slowly but surely, whichever ones you're involved in. I met a girl who's involved in everything. And I was like, okay, but you think you're going to stop doing all this overnight because it's not going to it's not gonna work. She had addictions. She used to go to therapists to fix them and they weren't working. And I was like, this is something that you're going to have to work through the rest of your life. You know, dressing. And she dressed really immodest according to what she told me, what whatnot. So... It's something that you have to break down and something you have to go through. So don't expect yourself to, you know, wake up one morning and it'll be okay. It won't. That's not how it's going to, it's not going to be that quick. I think it's human beings are really, really scared of things that take a long time or things that require a lot of work, which is why a lot of us don't work on ourselves and don't shape ourselves to be the role that we want to be for ourselves for happiness. But we don't do that because it takes a long time. And I feel like the biggest thing for me that I am always diehard scared of is what if it goes to waste? And that is my concept in everything. You know, what if it goes to waste that I'm working so hard in this friendship, it goes to waste? What if it goes to waste that I'm learning those education and it doesn't work out? Like, there's always a doubt. Like, what if it goes to waste? And I feel like the biggest thing that I've learned is that honestly, in life, nothing ever goes to waste. As much as it may seem like it did, as much as it may seem like it could have worked out better, as much as it may seem like it wasn't as beneficial to your end, nothing ever goes to waste. God's not going to give you information that's not going to benefit you. God's not going to make you walk on a certain path that's not going to help you. And once you put that mindset really in your brain, you automatically tend to see the good in absolutely everything. It makes you become a lot more of a positive person. And if you don't have this mindset, you become very, very pessimistic because every single little thing that happens, you have a nip little, you know, you have a little bug in it. You don't like it. And another thing that I wanted to talk about on here is one reason why people are struggling to find out who they want to be and what they want to be in regards to a character it's because they live in this mental prison of problems where there's one problem, they focus on that problem, they die their whole heart in this problem, they're so deep in it, problem overcomes, it finishes, it ends, and then what happens, you find another problem. So what happens is in life, sometimes when you're so hyper-fixed on the negativity of what's going around, you know, in your life, you find it impossible to actually ever see good and that is where the mindset shift comes in and you need to switch your mindset and realize that no matter what happens to you, it's going to be good because it's in a beautiful hadith where Yes, it's said in a beautiful hadith where Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, said that the affairs of the believers are always good. They're always wondrous. You're always going to get something good out of it. Allah is not going to do something to harm you. And I say that in every episode because there's nothing to gain from harming you. So coming back to whatever I said earlier, who do you want to be in life? My answer would always be to become someone that loves me. Because when you become someone that loves you, you want good for you. And this is also where religion comes in because religion's good for you. Now, of course, you know, I took a little break in between. I explained to you guys why and whatnot. But religion is good for you. It's not something that they use to control you. It's not something they use to manipulate you. It's not something that is suffocating and makes all fun things not allowed. No, I honestly, I'm telling you, there's so many fun things that you can do. 
that are halal, that are no problem, then you can do them. I don't know why people made it seem like everything's haram. If you focus on things that are just haram, things that you want to do in your desires, you're going to find out that a lot of things are unlawful. And you're going to be like, man, everything that I like is haram, whatever, whatever. But, you know, it's always for a better reason. A lot of those things end up hurting you anyway. And I think a lot of us have also walked on that path where we did whatever we wanted and then we got severely hurt. So give yourself a chance and give God a chance if that's one thing that I want you to take out of this. If you can forgive someone that you know will mess up again in a matter of two days or two hours and if you can forgive yourself for the mistakes that you've made, if you can try again with people who hurt you, if you can try again with yourself and walk on those desires once again, if you can continue to pursue the desires in your lifetime that at one point broke you towards depression, why can't you just try again with God? I just don't get it. And that's a question I ask everyone who feels lost. Why? Like, what is stopping you? I feel like getting back with God is the easiest thing to do once you actually realize how easy it is because look when you're not when you're far away from god you automatically think he's gonna punish me i've been gone for so long i haven't prayed he'll be mad at me i'm not gonna be good enough whatever 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 but we're told in islam that literally anything you can do as long as you do with a pure intention you'll be rewarded for it so if you sit down and you make sincere repentance you make up whatever you did wrong and you again try your hardest then you're already on the path to success as like to other things where you're going to have to start all over again, you have to start from scratch, whatnot. But here, God knows exactly what you meant to do, how you meant to do it, and why you messed up. He knows your inner conflict, so you don't have to explain yourself to someone a million times. And once you realize how easy it actually is to have a good relationship with God, and realizing that you can go back to God no matter what you do, life becomes a lot more livable. Life is not always meant to be easy, it wasn't always meant to be paradise, and I think... Even if you have everything on this earth that will make you happy, what's left behind then? There's just nothing to live for. And it's just some, one of those things that I, I think about quite frequently, especially recently. Like just imagine you have everything you wanted, everything. You're a millionaire, you drive whatever car you want, you have whatever you want. You have everything. What is What is there to live for then? Like you enjoy the happiness, you enjoy the goodness but that doesn't mean you're not going to get sad. That doesn't mean you're still not going to get anxiety. That doesn't mean you're still not going to get depressed. You still will. Because happiness was never written in those things. I read a beautiful quote and I want to finish it off on this note. So this is said by a scholar, I believe, who said, The whole world from its beginning until its end is not worth an hour of sadness. So what about the sadness of a whole life? And when I read this, it just put everything in perspective for me. In this world, God has given even the disbelievers wealth, glory, fame, everything. And if this world really mattered, he wouldn't have given those who don't respect and worship him anything. The hereafter really is your goal. The hereafter here is your safe space. And it is what you should work for and is what you should make your purpose to be to get to a good place in the hereafter. Because at the end of the day, that is what you're alive for. Everything else will perish. Everything else will leave. Everyone else you love will leave. But what you do in regards to gaining good deeds and regards to free religion that won't go to waste i read this other beautiful column i'm just gonna share a few with you guys that said do good and throw it in the sea for even if the fishes don't see god does and i love that because a lot of times we do good things and we want people to see and we want people to know that we've changed and we want the attention but what you need to do is just let it go don't tell anyone, do it for, do it with a pure heart, pure intention for God. And I can promise you that the one who helps others will always find help from God. Always. So always try to be there for people. Always try to help people. Always try to keep your arms open to those who need help. Be accepting and be patient. Because if you are demanding help from God, you need to be just as giving on this earth. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Verily, your Lord is generous and shy. If his servant raises his hands to him in supplication, he becomes shy to return them empty. So, put that into perspective. If you're trying to figure out who you want to be, what you want to be, where you want to go, your first stop is religion. Your first stop is asking yourself, why am I doing what I'm doing? And once you realize your purpose, once you realize the right religion, once you calculate all of that, the discussion will come down to who do you want to be? And I think the best person you can be is someone who loves themselves. Because once you learn to love yourself, you learn to apply things that are good to you. 
You learn to make the decisions that are the best for you. You learn to realize that even if something hurts me, it might be right. You realize that just because I love someone, just because the decision was something I loved, doesn't mean it was good. It's very, very easy for you to fall in love with someone that was actually genuinely a bad person. And we don't actually calculate that and say it as it is, but it's very simple. Sometimes you're very blinded and the person you actually ended up loving wasn't a good person. They were bad. And may Allah forgive me, I'm not trying to criticize anyone, but a lot of times that's the case. You're making exceptions for what they've made you become and, you know, the role that you are now and what you want to do. And just, it's a lot. There's always something. In life, you're always going to have an excuse, an exception, an if or a but or something about everything. But the question comes down to how bad do you want it? And when it comes to finding out who you are and what you want to be, you need to want it bad enough. If you want anything else in this world, you need to have you need to have the want to figure out who you want to be and figure out why is your relationship with God not top peak? Those two questions will take you so far in life. And in regards to my answer as to becoming someone that loves me, when I calculated this in my brain and I really started doing it, I had to make decisions that didn't make me happy. But to love myself, I realized that loving God makes me love myself. God tells us that, you know, if you remember him, you seek out to him, you're there for him, you fear him. You know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're always in that presence of God. Why won't God help you? And if you're trying to figure out something about yourself or figure out who you are as a person or what you want to attract in life, you need to go find God. Because finding God will always make you find yourself. Because at the end of the day, he's the one that has made you. So for anyone listening, if there's any role you can take up in life, become someone who loves yourself. Not with arrogance, with a humble, kind manner. Be patient with yourself. Be generous with yourself. Be understanding of yourself. And realize that you're trying your best in every single thing that you do. Every day is a little journey, a little step to becoming who you dream to be and what you dream to be. But in order to become what you dream to be, you need to know who you want to be inside. And when you answer that question, things will become a lot more easier. A lot of you guys have been asking for me to do longer episodes. So inshallah, this was long enough. I hope that you guys liked it. I hope that this benefited you guys. And I hope that all of you are well. So yeah, I hope you guys stay safe for real. Put some thought into what I said. Assalamu alaikum.